been torn down, broken down. The abuser is actually the one with low self-esteem because they're dependent on their partner to exercise control over them. The perpetrator engages in these sort of like coercive tactics of control because of this really deep-seated fear they have of losing the victim. And this is how they get value is through exercising this, this control. And so Can a common I jump characteristic in? of a can I jump in real oh, yeah. quick What's before, that? because I, I know yeah. you're, you're such a knowledgeable person. I, I don't want, you know, you, you, you're, you're digging deeper and deeper, which is great. Um, <laughs> I know. I know. Yes. So let's just, just right there. Um, okay. okay. So a young lady, um, I don't know, maybe a young man, maybe, um, first date, second date, whatever, in the beginning stages mm-hmm. be- before, as you said, they develop that fear of losing that person. What are the signs or the tattletales that you are, how, how do you say it? Yes. Yeah, tattletales, like, <laughs> yes. like red flags. That, yeah. No, she always, always flag. makes fun of yeah. me on that. Yeah. What are the red flags? <laughs> <laughs> she didn't catch it fast yes. enough. Oh, my God. Okay. So, um, I know. So, anyhow, so what are these signs yeah. that this young lady yeah. or yeah. young man, because unfortunately I've heard of, of some stories the other way around, but it's a kind of a different kind of abuse, not necessarily physical, but you know, uh, what are some of the signs that they should be on the lookout for, especially before they develop that, that kind of can, I don't want to say connection, but at least that dependency. Yeah. Yeah. And let me mention too, while women are um, predominantly the victims of intimate partner violence, there are male victims as well. Yeah. But this is something that I hope that we touch on, too, as far as the nature of crime patterns in terms of victimization and sort of myths surrounding that, because I can kind of speak to the ways that it breaks down along gender lines. But yes. to go back to your question, so warning signs, and this is really important, especially for people who might be in the earlier stages of dating or relationships like college Mm -hmm. students that I deal with, or even high school students. So Mm -hmm. some warning signs might be that extreme jealousy. And the key word here is extreme, because everyone gets jealous a little bit. You know, whenever I say this, like in class, for example, students have these reactions, but it's extreme. So we're saying, like, if the victim or the the partner talks to someone else, has good friends, expresses warm feelings for anyone else, and the abuser has this reaction of getting super mad and sulking and withdrawing, Uh that's a red flag, right? But I should also mention that something like any of these examples I'm giving you, if they happen once or twice, that's not automatically leading to a domestic violence relationship. We're talking about like a pattern here where you see these things kind of building up and coalescing over time. Mm -hmm. So extreme jealousy, possessiveness. So the partner doesn't want the victim to talk to or give attention to anyone else. Um, The low self-esteem thing that I mentioned also is kind of like sometimes that can come across almost as a, and it's couched in like a romantic thing at first that Uh someone may not see as a red flag. Like, when the person says, you are my world, or I am nothing without you. Oh boy. These are great lines for yeah. songs, yeah. but not yeah. for real life. Okay? Yeah. Is it that, like, is it that you the know? abuser constant needs, constantly needs, is it that they need constant validation from that person that they're with? Yeah, the, the partner is the one they're relying on for everything, for their sense of value as a person, but not in an equal way, in a way of asserting power and control over that person. And this could come, you know, from their backgrounds, their childhoods, a range of things. But this deep-seated fear that they have is not something you would see outside. It's something that's internal to them, and it is exercised through 
the ways that they assert coercive tactics of power and control over their partner. Mm -hmm. So another one I want to mention is unpredictable mood swings. So this is like a dramatic shift, you know, someone turning on a dime from being Mm -hmm. angry or controlling to being sweet, charming, and loving. So this sort of dramatic shift is what could be a red flag between, you know, moods, right? Do not mistake that for us guys not wanting to argue and going, Okay, whatever, sweetheart. Just keep on going. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you're talking okay. extreme and you're talking patterns. No, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Around. I'm just yeah. around. Go ahead. I'm sorry. And that is what I would consider a smart move, not an unpredictable mood swing. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to say, <laughs> yes. you know, oh, I don't want to argue about this, honey, that, you know, is better. That's definitely not in the realm of, of a dramatic mood swing. Exactly. Yeah. You know, we're talking about like... Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde oh, yeah. type of thing is what yeah. sometimes victims describe that. And we're saying like one minute the person's sunny, everything's great. And then it's just like, boom, you know, super angry, jealous or controlling. Yeah. That's the kind of thing we're talking about. Um, so also, I just want to mention one more, and that's explosive anger. So mm-hmm. a lot of people think domestic violence is about anger management problems, but it is not. It's, it's just that an explosive anger sort of temper can be a red flag. So the person can't seem to control their impulses towards anger, and they act like disproportionately angry about minor events. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They have this sort of worldview that, like, everyone's out to get them. The world is out to get them. So, like, they get cut off in traffic, and then they go off the rails in terms of anger or hitting walls, yelling. Those are the kinds of things that are red flags that a person wants to keep in mind if they're entering into a relationship. But I should say that there's only one person that can eliminate the possibility of intimate partner violence, and that's the perpetrator. So the onus is not on the victim to end the perpetrator's violence, right? And sometimes society, we have this sort of rhetoric about that leans towards blaming the victim. And and we don't want to do that because the perpetrator is the one who has responsibility for their behaviors. Now, a lot of people, when they consider domestic violence, they see it as a physical act. But it's not necessarily Mm -hmm. the case in all domestic violence situations because you might have a listener out there that's going, well, he doesn't hit me or she doesn't hit me, but they're seeing some of those other other attributes. Attributes. Was that, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So physical violence is just really one piece of the pie when it comes to ways that abusers exercise power and control. And a lot of people do think of it as just physical. And unfortunately, when it comes to like the criminal justice system, it's a lot harder to prove other forms of abuse, you know, besides physical. Yeah. Physical, you can have injuries, you can have evidence, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but in my own work with victims, I've seen that a lot of times these other forms of abuse, they find almost more harmful to them yeah. than physical because of the ways that it tears them down. Yeah. So one type could be coercion and threats. So a lot of times the abuser will threaten to hurt the victim. They'll threaten to hurt the children. They might threaten to hurt the pets, the family pets. Um, And that I just (laughs) want to mention. I know it's terrible. And that's one reason why victims may not leave because they are abusers have harmed their pet and they will kill their pet. And that does happen as a coercive tactic. So Florida just signed into law this past summer that pets can be part of protective orders for people in domestic violence situations. That's so this is like huge. Yeah. Uh, let me yeah, let me ask you this. Huge. Do you think um, before we go on a break real quick, do you think that mm-hmm. um, possibly the um, 
the physical part of it is is the ultimate. So if if you're if for the listeners, if you're uh, in a situation where you see the other signs but not quite the physical yet, that it usually is works up to the physical, or um, it could start with the physical abuse. Either way, I have to say either way because these are very. There's a diverse way that these sorts of power and control tactics emerge. Yeah. Now, I will say that. Domestic violence does not decrease. If you're in a relationship that has some of these factors that we're talking about, it's it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. It's going to escalate. So yeah. it could escalate to physical if it hasn't been there yet, or physical can just continue to be part of it, or maybe it never emerges at all, but you have all of these other tactics that we can mention that relate to the power and control and that are very damaging to the victim. Okay, well, we need to take a break. When we come back, we okay. can continue with Professor uh, Jennifer. Entrepreneurs in overdrive, driven by Universal Tire and Auto. Unfiltered, unafraid, Florida Man Radio. Ooh, hello. Guys, I hope you guys like my uh, impression of a scary whatever it was. <laughs> All right. Welcome back. This is Entrepreneurs in Overdrive. And today we have a very special Halloween episode for you. And uh, that we do. We have Dr. Jennifer Wesley on the phone with us. From and just to say that Entrepreneurs in Overdrive is brought to you by Universal oh, tire, tire and Auto. Yep. We are the home of the Buy Four Tires. Get a free alignment. Visit us at UniversalTireAndAuto.com. Um, so, yeah. Professor uh, Jennifer. So now he's calling you Professor <laughs> Jennifer. <Yeah. laughs> I hope you like that. So I'm sorry. Okay. That so, works. That works. Yes. Great. Um, one thing before before we left, you said uh, about um, the the new law in Florida about uh, animals. Mm -hmm. and, um, right. I mean, I know you know I know me personally. You know, my two puppies are my you know <laughs> you know mom. They're mine. They're my babies. Yeah. So right. uh, they right. mean a lot to me, and I'm sure everybody's animals or pets they mean the world to them as well. They're our companions. Yeah. Um, in some situations, right. our bedmates, etc. Yeah, so, so I mean, you know, exactly. Uh, yeah. So, mm -hmm. what was what? What is the monumental part about passing this law? Um, so, the fact that this was signed into law just means that now victims can feel that when they get a protective order against their abuser, that they can also include their pet in that, yeah. and it may mean that the abuser doesn't have access to that animal. Because what sometimes will happen is that a victim will not want to leave because they're, again, because they're going to leave that pet yeah. with with that abuser. Yeah. And also they may feel like, well, even if, if they want to get to a shelter, there are shelters that are increasingly making arrangements for pets to be in boarding and that kind mm -hmm. of thing to, um, to make sure that the pet is safe and that the victim isn't going to be worried about that or yeah. not yeah. leaving because of that. So I'm, it's super important and I'm glad it's getting recognized. Yeah. Because I mean, I, if you don't have a pet, you may not understand it, but when you do have a pet, you do feel a huge responsibility for them because obviously the children would be covered in terms of a protective order and as well as being welcomed into the shelters. But those pets are, you know, you would be, is it shocking to you the numbers of people that will stay in a, in an abusive situation because of the pet? Well, I think, uh, I don't know if shocking necessarily, but concerning because 
that may be their only companion. You know, yeah. that animal oh, has been their companion yeah. throughout this abusive relationship. And so it is, it's concerning that it can be a barrier for victims mm-hmm. leaving. I mean, we already know that victims are at the most risk. And it's the most dangerous time for them when they try to leave. And the main reason for that is because the abuser is losing their control. So when we hear about homicides, it's often when the victim has left or when they have become separated and the abuser gets access to them through maybe shared custody of the children or something like that. Uh That's when the victim is is really at most risk in terms of lethality being killed. And so um, that's why it's super important to have things in place to protect them and also for them to have a safety plan. So now tell, let's go through what does, if somebody feels that they are in a situation that is unhealthy, abusive, what can they do? Well, again, the first thing would be if, you know, in an effort to leave, they need to have a safety plan. So Various resources are available, like in Orlando, for example, there is Harbor House. Harbor House is the shelter, but they can also, you know, just help the victim come up with a safety plan. And so they can go to harborhousefl.com, reach out, ask for help for making a safety plan. The one thing, especially during the pandemic, is that, you know, with abuser having more access to the victim, they may be monitoring computer usage or cell phone usage more closely. So the person should make sure to erase their search history and because the abuser can track that and will track it as a, as a tactic. Wow. Um, they can also call the 24-hour hotline for Harbor House, which is 407-886-2856. And again, that's just a matter of reaching out and asking for help. Yeah. So those kinds of resources are available if if that victim can get to a place where they can privately search a computer or call on their cell phone. Yeah, and that again is harborhousefl.com and that's spelled H A R B O R house h o u s e f l.com and there is also the phone number there as well um, to get help. Yeah. And obviously yeah. I don't think anybody should be ashamed at any point if they feel that they're in danger that uh that's what the what the police is for. So, um, right, right, yeah. right, exactly. Yeah. Um, would you mind if I mentioned a few more of these please, tactics please. that relate to? Okay, because yes. I, I had started with the coercion of, and threats, and part of that related to the pets, and then I know we kind of went in that direction talking about that. But yeah. I also want to mention that emotional and psychological abuse is major, and a lot of victims, if anyone's listening, they may recognize this that they. There is a lot of putting down, insulting, calling names, humiliating. Those are all types of emotional or psychological abuse. And a lot of, you know, for some reason, this term gaslighting has really made it into um, public rhetoric lately. Gaslighting refers to, quote, crazy making behaviors. So it's basically the idea that the abuser is making the victim feel like they're crazy, that they said something that they didn't or they did something that they didn't. That's all part of this emotional, psychological abuse that can emerge. Mm -hmm. So um, that's a major piece of it. Also, as I've mentioned, isolation. Um, Something that, especially with people who are maybe in earlier stages of relationships or are younger, um, may hear the abuser say, if you really loved me, you wouldn't have to go hang out with your family today. And that might be like, oh, you know, that's so loving. They want to spend time (laughs) with you. But, you know, that can be an isolating and a controlling maneuver. Mm -hmm. So it's, again, maybe if it happens one time, it's not that big of a deal. But if that's a pattern, that can also be a tactic of isolation. And isolation can become very complete for victims when the abuser doesn't allow them to see friends or family. Um, 
Also, children and animals can be used to manipulate the victim through threatening to harm them, threatening to take them away. If you leave me, you'll never see your kids again. If you leave me, I will kill you. I mean, that kind of threat is seen to fruition in, unfortunately, too many cases. Um, And also, I'll mention economic abuse. So abusers may oftentimes, if if the victim is dependent on them financially, they will control the money. They will not allow the victim to maybe get a job or they'll sabotage that job or not allow them to get an education and sabotage that in various ways. Like they can harass a victim at work, for example, to the point that it comes to the notice of the boss and then that victim loses the job. All of that is very threatening to the abuser because it's perhaps the victim getting a little independent. Right. And so Mm -hmm. that's going to make them feel like they have less control. I mean, there's even examples of abusers checking the odometer on the car to make sure the victim hasn't driven more than to the grocery store and back. Well, and I'm sure in this day and age with the GPS and everything, I can see it becoming an I could see it going to the extreme in terms of being able to locate where your Per, you know where your person is if you're the abuser you can really figure out where they're at and what they're doing at all times yeah yeah absolutely yeah absolutely. i mean technology has created all of these additional ways to surveil and monitor someone without them knowing yeah. so it's very yeah it's a it's a slippery slope what's been happening with technology um and then there's also the physical abuse which can be a part of that And that, you know, is a range of behaviors and also sexual abuse. So raping or sexually assaulting the partner is is also a control tactic that is is part of it and can emerge in these relationships. So all of those are different pieces and they can come out in different ways depending on the dynamics in that particular relationship. Well, I want to go ahead again and give the phone numbers out. The Florida Domestic Violence Hotline is one 800 500 one 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 nine. And as Dr. Wesley said, you can look for the Harbor House of Central Florida. You can Google them. There they have links that you can call them, contact them uh, if you're needing assistance or if you know somebody that does need help. So, um, uh, Dr. Je- uh, Professor Jennifer, <laughs> I'm not demoting you. I'm yes. sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. So, um, in in the in the in the few minutes left uh, that we have, yeah. um, give me a summary. Something uh, you know, words of wisdom for people to kind of live by, from the sense of uh, you know, young uh, men and women that are gonna go out on a date or something um, that they have, um, you know, uh, that they're looking uh, or starting a new relationship. Just things to look at to kind of maintain that balance in their mind of things. You know, uh, is this is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? And then, God forbid, something happens. They they see it. What do they do from there? So, if you can just kind of give me a, sure. a, a quick kind of you know wrap up. <laughs> wow, that's a big wrap up. I yeah. know it's a big wrap. I know, but hey, this is this is yet. Professor Jennifer. That's she right. can do it. She's up for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So. First of all, I think it's important for both parties in the relationship to be conscious of how to have a healthy relationship. So even when I've had students who have like they they write portfolios about their own experiences, I've had some students say, wow, you know, I didn't think that this was a problematic behavior. Mm -hmm. And now I do. And I'm going to change that. I mean, of their own sort of way of of, um, exercising control in the relationship, because sometimes, you know, what we see in movies or what we see from our parents or whatever, as younger people, they may 
see that as a model and not realize that it's not really romantic. It's actually an unhealthy or controlling dynamic, right? And so the important thing is to prevent because yeah. by the time it gets to the criminal justice system, it's happened. And we know mm-hmm. that a lot of this doesn't even get to the police because victims don't call because they're afraid to or they've been threatened or whatever. You know, there's a lot of different reasons. But if, if people can call the police, there can be resources. But it's important to try to prevent it before it gets to that point. Yeah. And that means we kind of just need to go into this with open eyes and open mind when we go into our relationships in terms of our own behaviors yeah. as well as the behavior of our partner. And, you know, it is a myth that, and this is something that you touched on earlier, but I do want to mention that, you know, women particularly are socialized at young ages to fear things like what Taryn, what you mentioned earlier, like the, the stranger in a dark alley or lurking behind yeah. the bushes. Yeah. Well, those things do happen, yes, but they tend to be very sensationalized and stereotypic cases. They may make the news because they're sensationalized, mm-hmm. but really... When we break crime down along gender lines, women have a lot are, are much more at risk um, in the home, victimized by someone that they may know, particularly an intimate partner. Men are much more often victimized by strangers or in terms of street crime. And that's how we see the numbers break down. So women, in essence, are being taught to fear the wrong things and maybe to be more concerned about the wrong things. Um, and it can restrict women's behaviors out in public, but the numbers don't bear out that attacks by strangers in the streets are what women experience the most or should fear the most. That's actually just not the reality. So it's important for us to all pay attention in our relationships as well as our surroundings in terms of, you know, what is going on in terms of health and safety. Excellent. Do, uh, professor, I don't want to say doctor, <laughs> Professor Jennifer <laughs> Wesley. Well, I'm a doctor as well. So uh, yes, there fine. you go. Hey, I, I, yeah, see, I did not. Uh, well, lie. we really appreciate having you we in really today. We really appreciate you. Thank uh, you so much. Thanks and, for you know, having me back. I really appreciate it, guys. We, yeah, have we a always happy enjoy your company and have a wonderful and happy Halloween. And uh, thank you so much for kind of shedding the light on, on such a such a such an important subject that unfortunately a lot of us have to deal with. So. Absolutely. Thanks. And thank you for getting that out there. I appreciate, we appreciate it too. You. So you guys thank have you. a great Halloween. You Thanks, too. you too. We and- are about to take a break and when we come back, we have got an AGA um, surprise for you. Mm-hmm. Entrepreneurs and Overdrive, driven by Universal Tire and Auto, unfiltered, unafraid. Florida Man Radio. Hello and welcome back. (laughs) Did I do it? No, it's not good. All right. All right. All right. Hello and welcome to welcome back to Entrepreneurs in Overdrive. This is your host, Mike. And with me in the studio is Taryn and our producer, Eric. Um, okay, so we continue with this wonderful episode that is driven by Universal Tire and Auto. Before the break, I said to you an AGA surprise. Taryn, want to tell us about it? Are you ready for an evening of real ghost stories, paranormal adventures, urban legends in your own backyard in Orlando? American Ghost Tours Adventures. They're rated the 2020 Traveler's Choice Best of the Best as a TripAdvisor for Top 10% Attractions Worldwide Award winner. Wow. (laughs) And they are here in Orlando. (laughs) So American Ghost Adventures is a walking tour 
through downtown Orlando. You gotta stay listening through the end of our Halloween in Overdrive episode all the way up to 2 p.m. And you will be able to win an American Ghost Adventure tour for, I think it's for two people. Two. For two people. They're being very gracious to offer us that. So it'll be a giveaway. Um, it's supposed to be amazing, but we're going to hear more about it now. We have on the air with us Debbie Hoffman. She is with American Ghost Adventures. AGA. <laughs> Hi, Debbie. Hi, Debbie. Hi. Hi, guys. Happy Halloween, everyone. Happy, Happy Halloween. Halloween. How are you? Hey. Really good, and it's a full moon today. So. Oh, ooh. yes, it's, it's our it's our type of day. So. <laughs> we, we we need a yeah exactly we need a wolf here somewhere. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. So I know we're very excited um, to have you on the show with us, and uh, you know I want you to kind of um, tell us about you know one of these hidden gems that we have here in Orlando about uh, American Ghost Adventure and again it, it's hidden to a lot of people here but guess what it's t- top 10% attraction a worldwide lot of people know about it. winner <laughs> uh, you know i mean this is phenomenal so um tell us about it tell us about American Ghost Adventure okay. well thankfully they're finding us but we uh, we really are the um the go-to american uh Ghost tour group in in uh, in Orlando. We oh wow! Are the uh, original uh, Orlando tour, yeah. and uh, it, it's as you said, it's a walking tour uh, with history and stories, and kind of see the real side of Orlando outside of the theme parks. Um, so a lot of people don't realize a, a real Orlando exists. So, <laughs> but well, uh, that's why I'm saying nobody. Yeah, knows. Lot, I mean, of, the outsiders don't know, but yeah. you know, we do. Yeah. Yeah. So. That, that's it. Really? <laughs> it's <laughs> Disney. So no. Yeah. You know, there is a real Orlando, and oh, it has yeah. a history, and uh, and it is haunted. Um, and we, the, our walking tours, as you, as you already told everyone, we do do the walking tours. Mm-hmm. Uh, but w- we also couple that with paranormal investigation. So all of our, all of our guests, uh, get equipment and, um, during all of our tours oh. and the opportunity to go into, uh, at least two haunted buildings, haunted locations, mm. and they're bona fide haunted. Um, so they're, you know, you gotta be kind of be prepared for a, uh, at least a two hour walk. Uh, there's some some stairs in the old buildings and some, you know, some street walk, yeah. walking. Um, of course, that didn't sound right. But anyway, <laughs> walking the streets of Orlando, let's, 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 let's clarify that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, they, they, there's a chance to actually interact with spirits. We're, we're not just stories. Uh, we, that's why we call it adventures. And yes. um, so we do, we do get activity. And if people will, you know, look online, look at our reviews, uh, do we guarantee a ghost sighting? Um, no, of course not. Well, if one of them uh, happens to be the... in the mood to be in the area, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. They don't. They don't work for us. Exactly. <laughs> but the cool thing is, is that them. the cool thing is, is this doesn't just happen around Halloween, right? You're year. Ooh, are you year correct. year round? We are year round. We oh, are not just cool. one of those seasonal pop ups. So mm-hmm. we are we are established, and uh, we're. Pretty much nightly, depend you know, with, barring maybe a couple of major holidays and maybe some um, out, outstanding circumstances downtown where we can't you know get there. Yeah. But uh, pretty much every night, and so uh, yeah, I mean, I know everybody. It, it's very popular to do October. We have been very busy, and we've been booked up, of course, today um, 
and we're actually away on uh, at a haunted bed and breakfast doing an event as well. Awesome. So, uh, but November is just as scary as October. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. exactly. So you offer you know, it, it out. Oh, go ahead. Actually, Mike. can I say something? Yeah. Um, you know, when you said when you described it, you kind of brought back this thing. Um, this memory I had where, well, I'm sure a lot of people have or know about it where, you know, you go on a train and there's this murder mystery suspense. It's kind of the same thing. It's mm-hmm. kind of like join in, uh, in solving the mystery or suspense or, you know, uh, or, you know, investigating exactly. exactly the adventure. So that, that really sounds like a great thing. So you have a two well, hour tour and what else do you have? Is it four hours? Yeah, well, so, okay. The, the two hours is kind of what we call our sampler tour, some okay. simple, simple equipment. Yeah. Then we have a four-hour, we call it our ultimate, kind of a little more hardcore for the, you know, the, the real uh, ghost hunting enthusiast. Um, and it just, you know, gives more opportunities. Uh, we have, uh, we do some, uh, two, right now they're about two-hour pub tours uh, for adults only. Mm. Uh, and that's mostly just what it sounds like. It's mostly drinking and ghost stories, not really investigating uh, and the people come on our pub tours, that's pretty much what they're looking for. <laughs> they might uh, see the spirits. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's, for, there's different yeah. kinds of spirits, that's, that's for sure. <laughs> um, the, we also do special tours by request and special events. Uh, we have a, um, we do a hotel, a haunted hotel in Mount Dora. We do um, a, private tours with groups. Uh, we try to be as accommodating as possible, birthdays, you know, bachelorette parties. Um, we have, we're very family oriented. Um, mm. kids are great ghost magnets. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah. So kids can join, so, so kids can join in on the two hour tour. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they, they, uh, they seem to have a lot of fun and, uh, well, you know, we scare some people along the way, but. I thought you you, you were going to say kids are great uh, ghost hunters, and I was going to say, and that's why I said absolutely, oh, that but too. no, that too, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that too, yeah, ghost magnets oh, too. Yeah. I didn't know that one, but that's good. That's good. Um, oh yeah. So it, being a tour guide, um, I know you've seen some stuff. How long you've been doing it? I know um, I was told a while, uh, so a little over four years. Oh, four, four years. years. Um, Yes, I've seen a lot along the way, and um, <laughs> you get a little less afraid. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, so that's that's they, awesome. I guess Did they get you, to start um, to know you. I know, but no, hold they on, hold do. on. We got we got to get some juice here. So tell us, come on, share with us like the so, the scariest, the you know something that okay. Let's let's look at them from this way. Scariest for you, and some of the things that really got people involved. Uh, and all, all, all of our tours are very interactive. So um, we have different types of equipment, which helps a lot because sometimes it's a different tool for different people. We use dowsing rods. We use flashlights, which come on and off by themselves, yeah. and they all have a meter in their hand. So it, it, anything can happen. And each tour, tour, I don't care who's the guide or if they've done this before, they're all different. Yeah. Uh, but, this, you know, scary-wise, scary, scary wise, we go into, um, and especially the place that we base out of, and we end up in is, was an old hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very, very creepy, very dark hallways, and uh, I guarantee that even if nothing happens, it is the spookiest <laughs> place that most people have been. Yeah. Um, and uh, so uh, doors open and close on their own. I mean, your classic hauntings, and we've actually had groups uh, witness these happen, uh, objects that move. We've had uh, balls move down the hallway. Uh, I've had uh, a toy um, fire engine come on. Oh, see, uh, we, when toys get, come uh, on and stuff, that's scary. <laughs> that's I, just that creepy. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, that's, that's we've, we've had flashlights play along. You know, we have, like I said, we have a lot of birthday people. So we, sing, oh, we always sing happy birthday to our birthday people. And we've actually had the flashlights come on 
and sing along with us, kind of moving <laughs> along with the tune. Wow. That freaks out a few people. Some 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 of the birthday of, um, recipients are not necessarily happy with it. <laughs> we don't enjoy it. Hey, man, so, I didn't sign up for that, right? Thing, for me, yeah. At the, the scariest thing for me was starting out <laughs> and, and having to be up and in, in, in realizing I had to be up in a spooky place by myself, uh, closing up or opening up. Ooh, uh, I didn't yes. realize that at first when I signed on. And uh, one of my very first, it was uh, maybe the second tour, and I was with another tour guide, and we were leading a group out. Uh-huh. Um, and it's like this little bit of a maze of hallways. And we came down to the end of this hallway as we're going to head them out to the exit. And there's a cross hallway that goes by. And came to the end of the hallway. And all of a sudden, this I, it, it was just like a combination of light and shadow just went whoosh right past our faces. Oh, boy. Right down the hallway heading toward the exit that we were heading toward. And uh, I, I didn't know what to say because I was new, I was a brand new guide. And so I'm thinking, oh, maybe it's my imagination. And mm-hmm. then. The other guy with me who's been a guide for about a year and was, was very easily spooked. So, um, he said, did you see that? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Thank God yeah, it's too. scary for you by yourself, but you add that someone else saw it. If you think maybe I saw it, yeah. maybe I was Maybe I was seeing but, things. Yeah. Uh, exactly. You know, yeah. I thought, yeah. yeah. Power of suggestion. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> wow. But no, we saw it, too. Oh, boy. Well, at the, used to it, though. At the end of our show, we're going to have a giveaway for two uh, a two-hour tour with American Ghost Adventures. So you're going to have to go to OverdriveRadio.org, and then we're going to give you a promo code at the end of the hour, um, but closer to like 2 p.m., right? Yep. Somewhere. Yep, yep. somewhere. We're not yeah, going to tell you when, but somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere in there. <laughs> and then you're going to have to put in that promo code and you might get a chance to I, win. And I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to also tell you that uh, American Ghost Adventure was kind enough to say that uh uh you know, just uh we'll do something special maybe for the rest of them. Uh for the rest of the people that, you know, come in second, third, fourth, whatever places. Oh, awesome. So, if I were you, Definitely. Uh, <laughs> just do it. And, um, hey, you never know. You may get something off or some something special or, yeah. hey, who knows? <laughs> and so if people, Debbie, if people want to learn more about the American Ghost Adventures, where should they go? Well, our, our website's very easy to find. We're also on, we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Google. We're on YouTube. I mean, we're very easy to find. Uh, but our website's a great place to go. It's very easy to book a tour. And also, we're easy to get a hold of. Um, we're not one of those places where you you go down a dark rabbit hole. We we yeah. actually have a phone number if you're having problems, if you have questions or requests, and a live person will either answer the phone or give you a quick call back. So we're very uh, we we try to be very accommodating um, and and easy to find. And also, just want to just point out that. We do have a book, by the way, um, on Amazon Ooh. that also details. Uh, yes, it's a um, in the shadow of two theme park castles, haunted Orlando, yeah. by American Ghost Adventures. And Ting and I wrote the book, and it really details uh, actually what actual exceptional experiences that we've had as a crew, and also that our guests have had. So, yeah. gives a little 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 taste of real real haunting <laughs> that's outstanding you know it it's um i really have to say that um uh th- that is something for for us as uh orlandi or I was uh, orlandians. Orlandians, orlandians orlandians yeah, orlandians, yeah. yeah. Uh, orlandoans yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um as those you know people that live here <laughs> that uh it's a good yeah exactly that's um it, it's something that 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 is to be proud of that Really, I mean, while it's great to have the, the big theme parks and the big names and stuff, but you know, as you mm-hmm. said, in the shadow, um, we've got some some mm-hmm. some great 
uh, things that we can go to uh, be a part of uh, that are lurking in the shadows. Yes, they right? are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, outstanding. And, um, you know, uh, what what I wanted to say uh, at the end, first of all, thank you so much, uh, Debbie, for being with us uh, today. Uh, definitely shed a light on something that uh, that, that is that is really uh, close to my heart, at least, uh, American Ghost Adventure in the Orlando area. And, uh, Thanks for having us. Oh, thank you. Um, as we come to the end of the first hour, please join us. We still have a bag of surprises from Entrepreneurs in Overdrive.